I tied into my father's computer on the modem and filled in some details in your drawing. Mm. It's mostly guesswork. This is our circuit board, mm. which called for a terminal. So I used my computer, which is only a 128K, but that should be enough to find out what it... what it does if it does anything at all, which it... which it probably doesn't. So, uh, got it? Makes sense to me. Good. There's no sense in waiting. Are you ready? Sure, I guess. It'll probably just burn out or something. Mm. This is Get to the Good Part. I'm Chris. And I'm Aaron. And we're doing our bonus material. And for our bonus material, we're kind of coming off of, we're flipping off just off of Chapter 28. And we decided to pitch back to a movie, one that I kind of left me with not so great memories. But when I started to dive back into it, I haven't seen this movie for easily 25 years, maybe 30 years. And it's the movie Explorers. 1985, Joe Dante. 1985, that's right. So it came out. It came out the same year as Ghostbusters. So that's kind of a hard thing to compete oh, with wow. right there. Yeah, yeah. I think Ghostbusters came out in the winter of 84, and I think I saw it the spring of 84. I think it was that for a couple months at least. But Explorers was one of those movies for me that was really great for the first two-thirds because I was that age. I was in sixth grade, and I was just learning computers. Like I had a Texas Instruments 99. I would get with my friend. I know, right? It was the kind that had no memory. So I would get with my friend and we would turn it on. We would kind of, you know, wire it to the antenna of our television because that's what you fucking had to do. And you would program shit out. And if you turned the computer off, you lost all your work. Ooh. You could get a tape recorder that plugged into it, but I didn't know that. And I didn't have the tape recorder. I just had some cassette games and it, basic was built into the TI-99. You know, it was just this, we would see movies like this, like Explorers, and it just, it, it hit home because, you know, I was really into the tech stuff, active imagination, I, you know, there were a number of movies that were coming out that were sort of kid-geared or sort of kid-empowered, and it was just inspirational for me. So my first impression of the movie, going back into it, was I, I kind of re-enjoyed why I liked this movie so much, and it just starts off with a kid having a dream and which kids do which kids do can we talk about the dream sequence for a second go for it so watching that the way it was graphically done the first thing that popped in my mind was that episode of star trek the next generation called the game Mm -hmm. where they wear that headset and they're like putting those balls into those funnels like the graphics were that level of crude and simplistic and it just made me think of that. I don't know if it conjured up any kind of image in your head of something else, but that's what it did for me. It kind of felt very Tron to me. Okay. And as a and as a kid, I loved taking shit apart. I loved circuit boards. I loved you know opening up old radios, old televisions. I, I loved looking at circuit boards, not because I understood them, because I totally did not at that age. But to me, it was like art. It was the, you know these little pieces that were colored. They had stripes on them. It was just this field of blacks and tans and reds and, and blues 
across a field of green with these, these little roads that interconnected them. They looked like little cities to me. I, I loved that shit. So I can see why you would have loved this movie. Yeah, right off the bat, this dream is sort of flying over this sort of digital circuit board landscape. And I kind of had a feel for what, I kind of had an idea as to what I was looking at. Now I know it a lot better because I'm, I'm just a hair better at electronics. Just a fucking hair better. Just enough to shock myself. But as a kid, I kind of had a feel for what this was, sort of. Like, it, it resembled like a circuit board to me then, although it looks much more like it now. Uh, and and I just, I don't know. I just, I really dug that shit. But this came off very Tron to me. That's, that is that is what, the look, what it looked like. It reminded me of that episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, but, you know, whatever. I get you. I, I don't even remember that episode. And I thought I'd watched all the Star Trek Next Generation shit. I'm not calling you a liar. I just don't remember the episode. It, it was a very uh, Will Wheaton-centric episode, actually. Oh. Okay, then. So, anyway. So, the main kid wakes up. What I didn't realize watching this, which is pretty interesting, is that there's a pretty spectacular cast of kids. Well, no. What? There's that kid, Darren, is the shittiest actor I've ever seen. He was my favorite kid. He had no emotion. Every line he delivered was the same. He was deadpan. It was, it was boring. He had no... He was the muscle. Yeah. But, he was the pawn of the group. But every line he delivered was kind of just like, well, that, that's exciting. You built a spaceship. This is nothing to get excited about. I'm going to just stand over here and be like, oh, well, yeah, that that's good. You know, wow, you dreamt that? <laughs> it- in groups like this, you, you have the dreamer, you have the tinkerer, and then you've got to have the muscle, you know? And I get it. So the, the guy you did not like was Jason Presson. I did not see that as a stellar performance. And maybe it's not his fault. Maybe that's how he was directed by Mr. Joe Dante to perform. But he just came across very robotic. Well... I, I liked his character probably more than the other two, which is, I don't know why. I just, it's, it's just something kind of deadpan that, that I thought was rather funny. He, so he brings the beer and, you know, you know, oh, that was he sprays it on them. It, that's like the most action you get out of him, right? Yeah, that was the most emotion you saw out of that kid. He was in a movie called The Stone Boy. I don't know that movie. Well, there might be a reason for that. He was in Gremlins too. That's right, he was, and uh, so was well, the um, that agent guy who was in the helicopter who ended up saying, you know, uh, who found oh, the jacket. He was, he was That's too. right. He was one of the crazy. He was the crazy dude with the with the uh, the harvester, whatever the snow machine or whatever the hell that was. It was like a snow plow, wasn't it? Maybe. Yeah, Maybe I know who you're long. talking about. I know who you're talking about. But yeah, that guy was uh, also in that guy. But it, Ethan Hawke was in it. It was a young Ethan Hawke. Very young. And a young River Phoenix as Wolfgang. That's about all we know of River Phoenix. What? Of young River Phoenix. Come on. He did more than that. No, I'm saying, but like, what did he die at? 21? Mm-hmm. This was a really young River Phoenix, but we only really knew him as a young person. because well, uh, He was in Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Yes. He was in My Own Private Idaho. I guess he died around 2012. 
He had to have been in like no, his mid-20s. 2012. Had to have died past 2012 because his last movie was Dark Blood, which was in 2012. Granted, his character's name was Boy. I'm not sure that counts so much. River Phoenix died in 1993. Well, then how the fuck is he in a movie? Wait a second. His, his, his filmography has him in, in a movie in 2012. That don't matter. I guess not. I guess not. Maybe this is a, an error. Uh, but he was... He was you know, 23 years old when he died. Here, here, here's a movie we forgot. Uh-oh. A kid's movie. And I, I, I think this might actually beat out... This might beat out Goonies. <gasps> Stand by me. See, I understand what you're, what you're saying about that, but that one's almost too heavy. It's a, it's a little too... That spoke to the kind of adventures I had when I was a kid. That was... Much more realistic. Sneaking out, wandering down the train tracks, and just keep on walking, going after a dead body. Remember how I was telling you how yeah. how I thought there was like a, a dead bodies in a car in, in a in a sinkhole in my yard somewhere and I ended up pulling out a, a steering column? That that's that is the kind of shit that, that I went through. You know, except for like my my father like burning my face on a waffle iron or whatever that shit was. But, you know, you had that group of friends that were kind of fucked up but close. And don't get me wrong, like, Goonies loved Goonies. Very colorful, right? Agreed that Stand By Me was darker. Yes, that is a fair observation. But I think way more realistic. Okay. As far as... I think when when you're thinking, like, kids' movies and, like, having a, a good old fun time and it's it's entertaining and and mostly a funny and adventurous way that's i think what makes goonies win out because it wasn't about you know finding a dead body and it was mostly it was kind of okay. about finding yeah it was, a dead i body. guess <laughs> but not like not like a dead kid wait there was chester copperpot he was a dead body yeah but th- and, and stand by me. They're finding, they're finding the body of a dead kid. Yeah, yeah. But then they've got bullies to deal with that are like real assholes. I'm gonna. I'll give you. Uh, I will give it this that that Goonies is a show that my kids would want to watch, and Stand by Me might be a movie that I'd have to make my kids watch. I would say that's probably a fair assessment because. It's paced very differently. It's mm-hmm. not quite as <sighs> Goonies is in the category of comedy, mm-hmm. whereas Stand by Me is not. Nope, know. not so much. You're right. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, but we have some we have some good child actors here. Some sure. solid child actors. And there's Except actually for... some adult actors that aren't exactly uh, anything to scoff at either. I think. Yep. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. So I think the guy that you were talking about, I'm trying to remember what his name was. Oh, what the hell? This is what IMDb is for. That's what I'm looking at. What's taking you so long? You know, life. Liberty. Pursuit of happiness. No, no. This couple at the drive-thru, I don't care about them. <clears throat> I can't well, it, find... has, it is actually pretty hard to... Yeah, like... like you know, they don't have, like, uh, air, you know, it's helicopter pilot who creeps Dick them Miller. out. Dick Miller. Dick Miller? Hold on a minute. Let me find some Dick. Oh, there, 
really? Dick Miller? Charlie Drake. Like, he had, like, a full name, even. Like, we cared about his name. Oh, you're right! Wow, boy, that picture doesn't look anything like him. No. Anyhow, you're right. Dick Miller. Got it. Who was also in The Terminator, Gremlins, uh-huh. The Burbs, and stuff. The Howlings? The Howlings? Howling? The Howling? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so he wakes up, like you do, after dreaming about circuit boards, and has the wherewithal to, to start drawing down his circuit diagram. Of course. Like you do. And then calls his friend in the middle of the night to say, hey, I dreamed up a circuit board. And, and I like how they call. he calls him on the radio. Yeah. Which I might add, if your radio is on <laughs> to take to to receive calls in the middle of the night, other people are using it. And not only that, you have no right to complain. Yeah, if you had a CB, not just a walkie-talkie, because walkie-talkie might take you 20 feet, if you're lucky, maybe 40. We're talking down the street. So this is CB-quality shit here, right? Then you're getting every trucker passing by town. And your batteries are dead in about an hour. But but barring that... Movie magic. Movie magic. He calls his friend in the middle of the night, says, Hey, I had another one of those dreams. And his friend's like, Oh, you mean of the girls? No, 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 no. This one had circuit boards. Oh, 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 okay. Sexy. Sexy circuit boards. You know, he has one of those magazines with a fold-out circuit board. He's looking at it long ways. So <laughs> his eyes get wide. Woo! Look at the resistors on that one. Mm-hmm. Ah. Brow. So we we shuffle to them going to school the next day, and it is it is it, it is classic 80s attire. Like it it's funny because I watch this now, and as a kid coming from this era. Knowing kids that dressed like that, I could have easily have looked like any of these kids, including the bullies with the, with the crew cuts and the you know party in the back and all that bullshit. Although I never had a friend that dressed in a in a tie with a sports jacket and a V cut vest that that went to school with me. Okay, do you feel deprived? No, I just don't think. I think like they were overcompensating. Sure. Like we've got all the kids, we've got to make one. So damn smart that it is painfully obvious he's intelligent and he gets picked on and his pants get ripped so that his butt cheek shows because like, like bullying in these movies is so over the fucking top. Usually. Yeah. I never knew anyone. This was like an adult's version of bullying for children, right? They just had to, to overcompensate. I feel like this is a movie of momentary overcompensations. You know, you know how whenever there's bullying in, at a school, in a movie or a TV show, no teachers to be found anywhere. Oh, yeah. Like that one kid's getting the shit beat out of him for making some stupid comment about the kid and his nose is bloody. And there's like some solid fucking hits on the side of his face, right? Yeah. I mean, like like some pounding into a hanging loaf of meat kind of, kind of sounds coming out of his face. Did you ever watch Cobra Kai? No, I did not. Well, there's like a school fight scene that's just epically long in like a school cafeteria and there's nobody anywhere near that cafeteria that could stop it or that would stop it like to a point where it was just a little ridiculous but it was still a good show is this like the youtube cobra kai that the new one that came out yeah okay okay it's totally worth seeing by the way that was a great great show Okay, I'll I will check it out. That's YouTube worthy. I've seen advertisements for it, so I've just not buckled down and watched it. Maybe I just not had the interest. But I mean, like one of the kids in this, the main kid in this, 
Ethan Hawke gets the, the tar beat out of him. And all he has is like a little blood on his nose. But it, like the bullies here are just it, practically stripping the smart kid. I mean, like ripping his back pocket so that his leg is naked and showing. And, you know, the, the smart kid, of course, has the gargantuous glasses and is wearing, is holding, carrying like 15 books. Yeah, you, you know, he borrowed my glasses from that time frame. My glasses were that goofy looking huge then. That was really? Just, that was the style. Like, dude, huge, huge, huge like, motherfuckers. That's like, that's like wearing your dad's shoes. Yeah. Like trying to walk around the house wearing your dad's shoes. Like, here, son, have my glasses. Oh, these are fucking gargantuous. Okay. Anyhow, just, just overcompensating ever so much, you know? And then, of course, the books get, you know, hit out of his hands and thrown off to the yard or whatever. Again, overcompensating. But that at least leads into the introduction of the muscle of which you do not like, which is the fine, fine acting skills of Jason Presson, which I might add is difficult to say. Jason Presson. Yeah. Say that three times fast. Jason Presson, Jason Presson, Jason Presson. Yeah, you were kind of slurring it a little bit there. A little bit. Yeah. Like, if that's your friend and you're drunk, no one knows who you're talking about. Anyhow, moving on. And that, that introduces his his sort of mechanical might because he has like this motorbike that he's built and he's from the wrong side of the tracks wrong side of the tracks his you know mom died his dad can't keep a job hauling junk his dad has a girlfriend that evidently he yells at he just tries to stay away from home the competition for for junk haulers it's rough well i i can see why it might be hard to find a job it's highly Competitive? I there aren't a lot of them. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. All I know is, is his dad came home early, and the reason why is because he didn't get that job. Bummer. Yeah. So the kid has a reason for kind of being an asshole, you know, and being a little, being a little terse. But the part that I loved in this movie is when he's like, he programs that shit in, and now actually having gone back, he's like, well, you know, I just kind of, you know, here's the circuit board, and I connected it to my Apple, and needed an interface, so I've connected to this interface. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that's kind of, you know, I, when I was a kid, I was like, this is all bullshit, but I'm loving it. Now I'm watching it and I'm going, well, this this is not too horrible of bullshit, actually. This this looks like shit I've worked on. Like, I've done crap like this. Like, I'll have my Raspberry Pi and I'll wire it to my monitor, you know, I'll be, you know, working on some software, try and get it to do some shit. It kind of looks like this crap here. I was kind of like, wow, this is kind of spot on. I think they uh, they gave him a lot of credit. He was able to do all the, the vector mapping and all that really quickly. Yeah, yeah, a bit. Like, I just figured I would do a real real quick 3D rendering of my room in a vector map. And I was like, wow, he, that is actually a vector mapping of his room. That's Or a room. It's a bunch of lines, but, you know, you could translate it into that. It's funny because if you were going to do that sort of thing, you'd use a vector map. Yeah. You know, it's almost like somebody claiming to have spent five years studying movies and TV shows and video games and a crazy amount of effort in an absurdly short period of time. Yeah. So you're saying it's believable. Of course. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're just going there. But this is the part that I thought was cool because it kind of has the use saying, wow, there's like three antennas here. That's kind of interesting. I wonder what this does. And then, boom, you know, it comes up with these little bits, and it's like, oh, it wants the X, Y, and Z coordinates. Like, as a kid, I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. The minute I saw this again, and again, I hadn't seen this for 20 years. So this 
there they they brought on like some technical advisor. You could tell that from the intro of him going through his dream and seeing out the circuit board. You you can see that this is like a digitally rendered circuit board. You can see the symbols for resistors and capacitors as you fly over this sort of weird blue landscape in his dream. So they had someone that was kind of like, we got to make this kind of realistic. Yeah, they, they did an okay job. Yeah. But, you know, to do this, here's this circuit board. And, you know, and, and it's funny because the kid goes, my first thought was they're going to turn it on and whatever they built is going to burn out because that's what happens to me. <laughs> I'll build some shit, and it'll fucking fry in a well, yeah, snap. If he burns out his apple, he can just go down to the store and buy another one, right? Well, oftentimes, it's not you're going to burn out the you're not going to burn out the apple, but whatever you're interfacing with, you know, sometimes it's like, oops, I accidentally wired twelve volts into the five and a half volt port, and then something blows or just it just stops working, and you're like, shit, I fried my board. That happens. That that can happen. And here the kids like, you know, usually you plug these sorts of things in and it's just going to, it's just going to fry. They usually take years of development and then boom, it starts working. I was like, oh, that's funny. That's exactly what I was thinking. Where did he make this circuit board? Well, it, it, look, look at the room he's in. It's like, there's a shitload of components on, on uh, stuck into foam board, which is how that crap was delivered once upon a time. So you don't see that as a crazy thing to have happened is that he could have built it in an afternoon? What, at that fucking age? Yes, Absolutely. Okay, I've, uh, I mean, I you didn't could do that. Make, you could make your own circuit board. Like you could take that and you could take a pin, and you could draw out your circuit board, and then you can you can put it in etching acid, and that takes away the difference. And then you drill your holes, and then you lay your components down. Yeah, it's totally possible to do it in an afternoon. Okay, I've known people who do. I didn't do that kind of stuff because I just didn't at that age. I didn't either, but now I totally could. I had the glasses for it. I just didn't. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> the glasses they made me look they made me look super that and carrying a shitload of books made me the most popular kid in my class why uh why do you need all those books man they make me look smart builds up muscle but mostly it makes me look smart so anyhow they plug this shit in xyz coordinates and then boom little sphere pops up and at first you don't even see it i thought that was kind of cool and it shoots through books and crap and at this point, I'm sold. I'm like, I'm in. I get it. All right. That's cool. And and of course, then you get the idea of, well, can I scale this crap up a bit? It was one of those situations that was kind of like, how can you take something that's incredibly simple like an energy bubble and then do the most you could possibly imagine doing with it, right? Yeah. You know, using it as a bullet mm -hmm. then using it as a thing to spy on girls outside of their window. Yeah, that, that was... Uh... That was a natural progression. Yeah. For yeah. for a young team for a young boy, you know. She wasn't doing anything except for like, you know, combing her hair. She was listening to the Thompson twins, which by the way, no one's name was Thompson and none of the people in the band were twins. Good to know. Good Jeopardy question. Yeah, yeah. Hold on a minute. Let me let me just make sure I got that right. Did Thompson twins. If my wife was here, she'd totally back me up on this. It took me a minute to recognize where that girl was from. Where was the girl from? She was the um the girl from Can't Buy Me Love. Hmm. I have not seen that movie. You've not seen... What the fuck's the matter with you? Well, hold Ta on a second. I don't talk about a bullying scene that uh, doesn't get... Well, that actually explicitly doesn't get broken up because, like, the teachers just sit there and watch and say, no, no, let's let this play out. No, I... I... I have not seen this movie. Nope, nope. You should. Should I? Really? Yeah, that, it, it's fine. Uh, interesting. Okay, moving on. So did you have any friends like this that played around with this kind of shit? I didn't have friends, man. <laughs> Seriously? What? I did not exactly uh, come across as somebody who people wanted to be friends with. 
just wasn't. Huh. I didn't have many friends. I probably had a very, very small handful of friends over the course of my years between uh, elementary and high school. Huh. I had I had select friends. Like I had like four or five that I was tight with, right? Like I didn't need much more than that. But yeah, four or five. That's as much as I think I could handle as a kid. Yeah. You know, with an occasional potential girlfriend coming in and out of the loop. I definitely didn't have any of those in those in those days. Yeah, well, that's a bummer. That's all right. It was a confusing time, anyhow. You just one of those things. It's like having a Rubik's cube and no idea how to operate it. Well, that's for fucking sure. Yeah, you're just twisting it around. You're you're trying to see if you can get the colors right. You're fiddle futzing it with you with your hands, and after a while, it's just the whole thing so fucked up beyond recognition. You want to throw it away and start with a completely different new one. Yeah, you ever try peeling the stickers off? That doesn't work. They don't stick back on as well. That's right, and they'll slap you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Aaron from the show. First of all, thank you for listening. Once you finish listening to this episode, do us a solid. Go ahead and give us a rating and write a review of the show. This lets us know that we're doing a good job and helps other people find us. And speaking of other people, if you know someone who might enjoy the show, we would love it if you told them about it. We can be found at gttgp.com. There's tons of stuff on there. You can learn more about us. There's an episode guide. And of course, you can find our social media pages, where we love geeking out with our listeners. Now, let's get to the good part. So moving on, <laughs> he, he, he goes through, the little ball ends up shooting through the house. They end up deciding to scale it up. And the movie really starts fucking cooking when they're like, you know, we could put something inside of it to pilot this thing around. And that's, that's when shit gets cool. That's, yeah. that's when your buddy, Jason Presson, he comes through. He comes through. He knows all about the junk. He does. And not only that, he knows all about junk that fits together perfectly. Well, it, it, come on. Didn't you ever have like a, a, like a fort in the woods where you just gathered a bunch of boards and they seemed to like work, but in retrospect, not so much? They didn't look as cool as Thunder Road. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, they, they were pretty... They they knew more about putting wood together than I did. Like they they had like a whole framework, right? They were they were cutting out. They they had a whole film crew to put that shit together for them. <laughs> if you had a you know, if you had set builders, you could have been that awesome too. I you know mine mine would have simply been we've got this thing. Let let's roll it into a the ravine and let's just sit down and put the computer on your lap, Billy. Or Wolfgang, whatever. Yeah, we're good. I, I like how he's like, well, it depends. You know, how fast can this go? Well, it depends on how much power you've got. He says, for example, I'm running this entire computer on a nine volt battery. That could be a thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Yeah, I know that was a little ridiculous. That being said, they were pretty darn well prepared for kids that age. Like, do you have the provisions? Yes. Did you? Do you have oxygen? Yes. They exceeded my expectations. And it felt like they should have lost a kid. Like, like maybe, 
you know, in that time where, where somebody gets trapped in the bubble for the first time. Or loses that tip of a finger or something, make it real. I was thinking more along the lines of, like, uh, you can't turn it off until after the kid suffocates and dies. To which then you <sighs> write down, include oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's airtight. How do we know? Well, we lost Wolfgang to begin with. But thankfully, he left his computer. <laughs> and no instructions. Wolf, we lost Wolfgang to science, and it's exactly how he would have wanted to go as a child. And thankfully, he already dug the hole. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's right. He went down into the ground. <laughs> he just tosses his body. He just goes down the hole for about a mile and scoops some dirt into the hole a little bit. I mean, that doesn't cover it, but, you know, you know it'll fall into the pit. Or, or worse off, right? Like, like the bubble goes away, and then he falls through the tree. It's, it's like these kids fall fucking thirty feet, and they don't suffer a broken spine or some shit. They just they end up hitting the ground and laughing. Right? He's like, "There's no, there's no acceleration." No, what, what? How did he put it? Like, you go really fast to stop. You know, there's no inertia. Or there's no inertia, precisely. So, <laughs> what would have been really funny is if there had been inertia. And then the inside of that that little electron ball was basically a a, a face print, a, a fucking blood puddle, <laughs> you know, like like a cracked egg, like a bloody cracked egg. He goes from a thousand miles an hour to zero, and then just the inside of the of the bubble is just red. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, I don't know if we want to turn this off. Oh, that's gonna be messy. <laughs> it's gonna look like a like a blood bubble popping. <laughs> I just want to take a moment now to apologize to all of our Patreon subscribers for this brutal content. <laughs> There's so many ways Wolfgang could have been it. <laughs> for, for science. It's for science. That's what we've got to remember is that, you know, this kid might have died for science and it would have been okay. Uh, or, or like when he decides to pull the plug while they're like 30 feet off the ground. And the other kids are like, no, 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 we're not on the ground. What do you mean? We're we're on Earth. We're home. And then the thing falls. Now, initially, the Thunder Road is like 50 fucking feet off the ground. And he's about to pull the plug on the whole damn thing. That means the whole thing would have come down 50 feet. I don't care who you are. You're, you're, you've, you've busted a spine. Yeah. You've broken a tailbone. You've got to at least have broken a bone or two. They're not on anything. That is going to cushion you. If you're in a helicopter and you fall 50 feet, the bars under the helicopter are meant to bend in order to help kind of cushion the blow. But you're going to break. You could break something. You're going to fuck. You're going to break something. These kids just come rolling out of it like, oh, uh, yeah, that shit that they were in should have come crashing on top of them. Again, a, a, another situation where these children should have died a horrible, miserable death. The news would have been they had oxygen tanks, and we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> they had food, but they were buried under metal and steel and wood. It looked like they'd fallen a hundred feet. No one can explain it. No one can explain it. Here's another thing I thought was funny. What did they fill that bubble with? Oxygen. They had oxygen tanks. Pure oxygen. Pure oxygen. First off, body doesn't deal with pure oxygen particularly well. You gotta gotta have gotta, gotta mix in a little nitrogen. You gotta cut that with something, okay? You gotta cut that with something. But you're talking about kids and a computer and open circuitry and a fucking twelve volt car battery with wires clamped onto the posts. Yeah, not exactly a recipe for safety. Yeah. 
<laughs> the minute they turned that bubble on, it should have sparked. The kids should have died an agonizing death because <laughs> they burned up inside their own their own space vessel. And then once the computer fried out, the bubble extinguishes, and then the whole thing falls into a fiery goop. And here's the other question. Was that thing creating oxygen also filtering out their carbon dioxide? No. So then, yeah, if, if the... If the thing didn't blow up, then they would have asphyxiated on their carbon dioxide. Well, and they had that, they'd taken that into consideration, though. Like, they knew after a while when they were flying that they had run out of oxygen. So that's the reason why he went and kind of shorted the circuit board, which caused the bubble to go away. And he had that fuzzy scene where he's trying to, like, plug it back in, which, you know, falling now without the bubble now you have inertia, right? Um, and But that allows the air to replenish, remember? And yeah. then he plugs it back in. The bubble comes back up. He's like, it's cool. I fooled it. We're going the opposite direction. Now we're going straight down. I don't know how he did that, but sure. So many ways that these kids should have died. It was a cautionary tale. It, it would have been. Like, it, you'd think that it wouldn't be, oh, the air would have rushed in. Like, how high they were, it should have been like, there is no air. You're higher than Mount Everest. There is no air. Air's not going to rush in. There won't be enough. You're, you're basically going to lose consciousness really fast. And then uh, you're going to be, a, a again, a smoldering mess of, of metal and carnage. Anyhow, we move on. But as a kid, I did not find this dangerous. Like, this was the kind of shit I did all the time, except for the flying part and aliens. You didn't fly and didn't come across aliens? Fucking wanted to. I wanted to. Not those aliens. So this movie takes a turn for me. When the aliens take over, and at this point, like, I'm riveted. I'm like, they're just going to go with it. It's just going to get taken into the ship. And you're like, oh, my God, they're going to get taken into the ship. You're like, where is this going to go? And then they get sucked into the ship, and it's like something out of, who does Kermit the Frog? Jim Henson. Oh, bless. It's like something out of a Jim Henson nightmare. So, for me, this movie goes full Pee-wee, goes full Pee-wee Herman, when they are cornered by a robot with two sets of hands, and it's like a TSA alien that's scanning his body, turns him around, and then goes for his butt. Now, admittedly, I guess goes for the wallet on his butt. Not even a wallet, just the photograph in his back pocket. Yeah, like, like... It was weird. Yeah, at this moment, at that moment, I was like, this went from cool to WTF so fast. And <clears throat> I call it, I call it the Pee Wee Herman because it, this movie went from really serious and really good, really sort of empowered at the child level to just plain stupid, just plain stupid. Like they were just, they were brought into this world. And I don't know what happened. Maybe the writer died halfway through the script or, you know, they kicked the technical dude out. Uh, you know, I don't know what happened here. But then they're kind of in this alien ship where there's shit going on around them that doesn't make any sense. And then they meet these fucking aliens where their first point of contact is, what's up, Doc? And I get it. They've learned how to communicate based on television shows. But what, what, what is it about a rabbit that's chased by Elmer Fudd, who tries to kill him, makes you think that that's how you need to communicate to children. How would you even know that's a child's show? The, the whole thing was just so awkward and stupid. It, it really was painful to watch. And it, the splicing of different audio segments to create the dialogue. Ugh. And, and 
Wolfgang schmoozing up the... Uh, oh, the... God, that was just perverse. Uh, I I don't... As a kid, I was just absolutely just just fucking uh, gobsmacked. Yeah, it was... Really. It was bad in so many ways, on so many levels. And up until that point, when they get to this, the alien ship, it was a, I was in, very entertained. Yep. I loved it. Loved it. I could see why he might watch us every every month and you know to get to be centered but yeah how do you not get to that part and be like why am i watching this it just it feels as a kid when i reached that point in the movie it was so painfully obvious i mean even the kids in the movie are like annoyed yeah they're like this is first contact this is not how we are this is not how why are you communicating what they should have been like bitching at the writer or bitching at the director this is not how this movie should go. Like, if aliens are truly afraid of humans and they show that humans destroy everything and they wanted to communicate with a human that was special, I don't feel like this would be the direction you would go. It, it wouldn't be dialogue for selling kitchen knives. It, it's just, it just, it took, it just took this weird turn. And, and as a kid, I was, I was just, I rage quit my fucking popcorn, you know? From that point on, it was like, oh my god, I got it. This has got to get over. And and the thing was, after that whole scene, it did not get better. It got. I think it got better to the point where they were no. like, talk to us fucking normal, and they were kind of like, well, because they've got fucking four sets of hands and and suction cup f- fingers, and they can't just not like. Can you just touch something and not get stuck to it, son of a- it? But even like after they get back home. Mm-hmm. And the girls like realizes that they just did the whole landing thing. Then he's in the classroom. It's just they're flying off after they're using the amulet. And like, what, what, what was going on there? Why does she kiss him? Like, who cares? Yeah, it was. It was so stupid. I was so uninvested at this point. It, it made no sense. The one thing I got out of it was when they were in the classroom and like the Thunder Road is in the corner. It reminded me of two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. Huh. I don't remember that, but okay. You've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the end when he when he's in that room, and then or there's a point where you see the ship that brought him there in the corner of the room. That's what that felt like to me. I know it's actually an insult to the movie 2001: A Space Odyssey to compare it, but when you see the ship in the classroom, I was like, oh, that's kind of 2001: A Space Odyssey thing going on there. But the whole flying scene and they're holding hands and she kisses him for no reason. It was it was just dumb. It was dumb. Yeah, it went weird really fast. There was just nothing that made fucking sense. And at the very least, you know, it when you got past the commercials and jingles and cartoon mimics, and it, it's the aliens kind of get real. Like you know, well, you know, you guys are fucking insane. You destroy everything. You're just looking for somebody special, and this is all we know. And after, you know, at some point, there's that weird twist, like, you realize, well, they're just kids, too. And at that point, I was like, I don't care. I just I just don't fucking care anymore. And Darren was like, that's their father. Like, he can recognize the behavior. Like, my dad's an asshole, so their dad's an asshole. Yeah, so apparently dads are assholes. <laughs> uh, Yeah, it, it had me up until the point they got uh, onto the alien spaceship and... From there on out, it was it was like the fourth Indiana Jones movie, <laughs> the Crystal Skull. Yeah, it just get rid of it. We don't just need it, and we're done. Uh, uh, 
Yeah. It, I felt like as a kid, it was insulting my intelligence. And I don't think I was necessarily a super smart kid. But I, I even then, I was kind of like, I feel like I'm being placated. I feel like like somebody got into the middle of this movie and was like, whoop, too heavy. we got to drop some market research. Kids don't love this kind of stuff. They love cartoons. We need to have aliens that mimic cartoons and commercials. That would be great. Kids love that kind of stuff. All right, we've done this science stuff. Now it's our turn. And how do you end it? Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I thought I remember reading somewhere that they kind of ran out of money to finish it, so they just stopped. <gasps> really? I, that would make sense. But that it, feels but it also right. bombed, like, apparently. Like, like they blew their load on the aliens, and then they just dropped their shit onto Earth and was like, let's just do a cloud scene where he kisses, kisses the girl, and we're done. Everybody gets what they want, except for Wolfgang. He still gets beat up. But he did get hit on by alien chick, so that works. It's like, yeah, I, I have a girlfriend. It's like, fuck you, kid. So I I, I feel like I'm somewhat vindicated in my feeling about the movie. There's nothing to be vindicated about. It was just not good. No, well, I know, I know, but I hadn't seen it for 20 years. I remember having this emotional response about the movie, but not, I had some memory of the movie, but, uh, you know, I'd only seen it like once, once as a kid, as a, as a sixth grader, right? And now I'm like in my mid forties and I'm, I'm watching it again. And I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe as a kid, I was too hard on the movie, but you know what? I might not have been hard enough. Well, I didn't see it as a kid. So seeing it as a, an adult for the first time, you know, looking at it from that kind of lens and being like, oh, yeah, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, 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 well, that's sad. <laughs> Well, all right. We watched it so you guys don't have to. Right. This is this is a uh, yes, and it's it's these little things where we get to revisit our past, mainly because it's it's revisited in some pivotal point in the book. We figured, well, by golly, I need to experience this, or or Aaron needs to experience it, or experience it again the first time, the second time. I really didn't need to experience it, but. You know, uh, there's so many things in, that are mentioned in the book that I want to be like, oh, I want to know what it's about. I want to know the reference. And this wasn't the worst yeah. of the things that I've gone to see because of the book. But the last 20 minutes were. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, I liked the first. I, I, it, I still think it was like a good 30 minutes, 40 minutes. It, it was a huge section. Like just the, the minute the robot starts patting the kid's ass. Oh, that was just horrible. I was totally just turned off at that point. But uh, I still thought that the first half of this movie was better than Blade Runner. Interesting. <laughs> Did we check the tomatoes score on this? Oh, okay. Tomatoes, huh? Rotten Tomatoes. You watch. I do. We want to make a bet. Do we? Let's let's play a little Price Is Right. Okay. Closest without going over. What's yours? And I'm I'm not haven't looked it up yet. Closest with not without going over. Thirty eight. Uh, I'm gonna put it at like sixty four. Bob, I'm gonna go with sixty four. You said thirty eight. Yeah, I said sixty four. I, mean, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm get being too hard, making the last part too too much of a strike against it because the first part before they the kid the uh, aliens come in is so good, but uh, maybe. I don't know. Is it, is it fair to give it such a low rank because of that last twenty minutes? My feeling is that it's going to get a high rank because of nostalgia. Because right. Rotten Tomatoes was never around. You know, 
I don't know how many reviewers were, were, were saved for this movie. Yeah, plus the, I think the other question would be is that because it has attained uh, some sort of cult classic reputation, that that yes. might elevate the score. All right. So, all right. So, all right. I'm hitting it. All right. Tomatoes Explorers, 1985. Ranking is... Well, no way! <laughs> it is ranked fresh at 77%. Oh, my God. With an audience score. An audience score of, of 67. 67. I was three off. I was way off, but... Uh... Wait, did I say 64? I think so. Okay, but I, I still attribute that to still attribute that to uh, to uh, nostalgia. But I'm curious though. <laughs> All right, so here's here's I like I like reading some of the the critical reviews here. Explorers remains a hopelessly schizophrenic film, obscenely eager to compromise its own originality. <laughs> I think that's fair. We got another TV guide said without an interesting story or characters, special effects aren't enough to sustain a feature film. <laughs> well, Jake, I like the fact that they they actually called anything in that movie special effects. Maybe it was for the time. Was, I think it was Industrial Light and Magic that did it. Okay, you know, it's 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 no Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, but whatever. However, to your point, it did not do as well as Blade Runner. Blade Runner got a 90. Uh, if you take the entire movie of Explorers and you have to for this, I get it. Okay, I'm talking about the first half of Explorers. Yeah. For me, was better than Blade Runner. But okay. when you take the entire movie, it just turns into a shit show. I hear you. Secret word, shit show. Shit, sh- no, shit storm. Shit storm. Oh, my bad. Shit storm. IOI would have totally gotten your shit. Totally. All right. All right. So let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. It's it's uh of of the kids movies this is not the best by any stretch of the imagination but it could have been it could have been but it was it did not no no every every kids movie that you've mentioned and that I've mentioned thus far from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to Goonies Flight of the Navigator even Flight of the Navigator even and I say that I have a hard time saying that but it's true all of those would have been better kids movies than this one sadly all right we're gonna wrap it up yep I think it's that time all right my name's Chris and I'm Aaron thank you for joining us Tell me when you're ready. I am ready. This is good to... This is good to the get part. It's good to the last drop. Oops, sorry. <laughs> this is... <laughs>